Don't adjust your radios, ladies and gentlemen, aka Spotify and iTunes and wherever else you're listening to me on, because it's the king of the couch, back in your ear holes for yet another week of the king of the couch podcast. I'm your hostess with the most desk, the king of the couch, Aaron L. Thompson. Pleased to, pleased to bloody be here. Damn pleased to be here. Uh, 9.02 p.m. on a Monday evening, 22.03.2021. That is the date. I don't know why I said it like that, but it felt right. Uh, how are we? Good to be back in your ear holes for another week of the King of the Couch podcast, the best damn podcast in the world. That's the tagline. That's a new tagline I'm running with, and it feels good to say it, frankly. Um, yeah, let's go. We're rocketing through March. We're rocketing through the year, and we're rocketing through the podcast. I'm feeling good. I got two out last week. Go and check them out if you haven't already. Episode 84, obviously. And then, uh, fuck yeah, Fridays. Do a little five-minute thing on happiness. Felt good about the Friday one. I'm going to do it again this week. Two episodes a week, can you believe it? And can you believe this shit's free? Oh, I'm gonna have to start charting somewhere along the line because you know I gotta eat. I got I got mouths to feed. I got three mouths, including my own, to feed. So yeah, it is what it is. But uh, I hope you're well. Thank you for joining me. I will just say this really quickly at the top. We'll save it for the end of the podcast, but I feel like I'll plug it in there. If you're not already subscribed to the show, please jump onto your uh, your nearest podcast outlet and subscribed. You know, hit that button, slam it, even finger it to death just hit it once that's all you need subscribe follow me please so you get the uh the weekly updates if you like what you hear i want you to hear more and uh please give me feedback i'm on instagram i'm on the fucking got the podcast got the email got the facebook got whatever got it all but look subscribe show me some love give me some likes five star review if you can dig deep for me that'd be great but uh yeah please subscribe that does me immense pleasure on the internals of my body anyway let's go uh it's wet it's wet weather. It's wet weather outside, and it's it's raining water in here. I'm off the beers tonight. I've uh, I've been on that. We'll do a little gym sort of health update. We'll get into that eventually. But yep, no beers tonight. This is probably the first day. I've got to be honest. In about fuck me dead, about 21 days maybe on the trot, I'm drinkless. So um, people are going, ah, has you got a problem? You relapsing, bruh? And I'm like, little bit, little bit. I've got to be honest. So water's tonight. Doing a bit of a gym thing. We'll get to that at some point. But let's talk my weekend. We always start with a weekend. Uh, listen, now that the footy's back, really, maybe not this week because I'm, I'm off the source, but since the footy was back, really, the weekends have been starting on Thursday night for me. So we had round two of football, which was, um, it was, it was a good game. It was Eels versus Storm. I went around and watched it at Stewie's. Now, Stewie, he gets a, I swear to God, he gets a shout out every podcast, but he's a good bloke. He deserves it. But he signed up for the uh, the eight-week challenge at Hit Kiwana Run. So the Hit Gyms, I've probably mentioned on here before, but I love going to the gym and stuff. Try to do anywhere three, four, five sessions a week. Who am I kidding myself? I never get there five times a week, but like three or four is pretty, pretty gospel for me. I went three times last week. Um, pretty good, given that I was sort of two weeks out of holidays, you know, just smashing tins left, right, and center. But... Um, yeah, he uh, he signed up for the challenge, um, and I wasn't able to see him on the Friday, and the challenge started on the Saturday. So I said, "Look, let's get together, rock some beers, watch the footy, and we'll just we'll just fucking send it." And then in, you know, eight weeks when you finish the challenge, we can have a beer again. You know, so it, it's going to be a long eight weeks for our friendship. I've got to be honest. I, I love him um, more than just drinking, but it's it's one of the things we we do have in common and we share. But look, we'll just have to do a lot of like different activities now. You know, play some basketball at public parks ride our skateboards, just just chat and just do different stuff, I guess. We won't be going for beers and we 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe we switch to a coffee or something in the morning. I don't know. We'll, we'll work it out, but we'll be right. Our friendship will get through this. Um, but as a, as a thing for support, I said, look, I'll do it with you. Not that he needs the support from me, but that's sort of what I'm going to I'm gonna claim. I'm going to take that. I wanted to do it as well, but uh, it was a bit of a financial decision in the end. I feel like it always is. It's a little bit – it's not costly for what you're getting. You're getting a challenge out of it, and you're getting a probably – hopefully a change of mindset and a change of life. Some of the results they get are freaking wicked. It's ridiculous. But um, it's about 800 bucks, you know, to commit to. So it's like 65 extra for me a week. And the food is probably a bit more because we sort of tend to do our food shop on the cheap. Granted, we're saving a bit of money on the booze and stuff like that. But I don't go too mental on the booze, you know what I mean? I reckon I could keep it down to $40, $50 a week roughly. But I might be kidding myself there too. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow too much attention to my, to my booze bill. But I allocate about $50. Anyway. That's where I'm at. That was the decision. I'm off the beers. So we'll get into the weekend because they were, they were, frankly, they were full of beers and alcohol and everything else in between. Not drugs, just like Kit Kats and stuff. But yeah, I got it in. I really got it in. So anyway, Thursday night was great. Went around, went around to Stu's, watched the footy, had a sick night. It's always sick. I actually got a six pack of the Bloke in the Bar beers and I was really stoked. Um, I mean, I follow Bloke in the Bar, Denim Camp. If, you, if you're a footy fan and you're a lot, like an NRL fan and you're not listening to that podcast, you should probably get on it. It's it's got to be the best NRL podcast in the country, and he just—he's an ex-player and he just does it well. Anyway, he's got a beer out called Bloke in the Bar as well. It's a lager. I liked it. Quick beer review. I liked it. For me, it was like an eight or nine out of ten. I, I really liked it. Uh, I, I, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's no bad beer, just better. I've 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 uh, heard him say that it's an easy drinking sort of session beer. You know, it was a heavy, so it's like one point twos and one point two standards in a can. Man, I liked it. I really did. I had six pretty comfortably that night. I had four when I was watching the footy. I was about ten minutes late for the kickoff. I had four when I was watching the footy with Stu. He gave me some. Uh, he gave me a wrap too for dinner, so that was nice. I came home and I knew that I was going to do this stinking challenge thing on a Monday, like my own challenge. We'll get to that later at some point. And I thought, fuck it, I'm going to have another beer. I had some, and I like literally think I had a toasty or something like that, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm only gonna have another one. I've only got one left. Don't leave it in. It's lonely." So I, uh, I pumped it all six on Thursday night. It was good. It was good. Uh, beers, look, I um, people might get fuck it. As you're a bit of an alcoholic, and I'm like, "Well, that's your opinion. That's okay." But I, they don't really affect me too much. The beers, like that. Look, in saying that, they if you drink enough of anything, you get you're bound to get a hangover. But six beers casually over a few hours on a Thursday night with a bit of bit of wrap and sandwich action thrown in there and some few, few waters, it's not that bad. Uh, I will get up in the morning and take a few hydrolytes, but that's just because my body's a temple and I want to take care of it the next day. But yeah, look great night. I think he's gonna kill it. Him and Tanya both doing the challenge. So shout out to them. They're they're fucking triplet parents, so they're gonna go hard. I feel, and it's gonna be a uh, good for them. So to probably just, you know, readjust that part of their life. You get a lot out of a, a gym challenge like this. So um, I think it'll be really cool for them. So and I'm gonna try and do it right there with him. You know, go four or five sessions a week. And yeah, anyway, that was Thursday. Worked all day Friday. Killed it as usual. And uh, Friday night, we invited some friends around. I invited Stu and Tani as well. They couldn't make it, which is okay. Tim and Gemma, my mates from Melbourne, moved up. And Jamie and Jared came around. And it was awesome. Hey, we made some burgers. We watched the Broncos game, which I'll fucking talk about, which is quite depressing as a Broncos fan. But we watched the game nonetheless, me, Jared, and Tim. So Jared's another Broncos supporter. God God love him. God love us, Broncos supporters. Right now, we, we need all the help we can get. And Tim being from Melbourne, he's like, fuck NRL. I don't get it. I don't care. Which is a shame because Melbourneites definitely have like pretty much arguably the best NRL team of the last like 10 years, 15 years even. Anyway, it is what it is. 
But they came around. It was just like a really good night. Hey, made some burgers. As I said the girls sort of hit it off. We were chatting, and the boys we all hit it off. Everyone just got a good vibe. You know, it was drinks flowing. I had a few. Hey, I bought a ten pack of beers and two bottles of champagne for me and Beck. Like that was all together, mate. I had eight of those beers on my own. I think I did one swapsy with Tim. I had a Cooper's Pale Ale. He's on the Cooper's. That's so good. That that shout out Cooper's. You you owe me because I've got you another drink here now. But it was it was nice just to neck some beers. I've got to be honest. And Beck uh, Beck's a funny one. I never know if she's going to have a few or have none at all. So I got the two bottles of champagne there, and she might get stuck in here. And if if not, that's okay because I'll probably have some too because I really like that champagne. Nah, two bottles were gone. She drank them both. And uh, look, with Jamie and with Gemma, I had a glass. I'm pretty sure a glass or two. And Jamie had a few. But yeah, Beck was rolling. I was rolling. We were good. It was fun. We liked being social and it was fun to just like fucking host some friends at our house. You know, it was the first time we probably done that with friends. Like had a, had a good little dinner party where Bella was just chill. Or there was no other kids there. And the kids are fine, but you can just focus. You can talk naughty things, adult things, you know, weird sexual things. And we played a game called Five Second Rule. I'm not a massive board game fan. I'll put that out there. I'm not a massive board game fan, but I like these ones that, uh, if I have to like a board game, it's the ones that are quick, you know, and the five-second rule is exactly that. It's uh, it's a five-second round, so you basically say, um, it'll be a question, you know, like name three and uh, three rugby league teams, and you might get, turns this thing over. You know one of those things that get, you know what I mean? One of those things that turns around, it's like a timer. But you'd be like, ah, oh, Broncos, Warriors, Knights. Okay, cool, I win. You know, but then you might get someone that, like, say, a Tim Edwards, who has no fucking clue about NRL. He'd be like, um, I don't know, and he loses, and that's it. That's the board game, and essentially that is it. And it's a pretty cool, fun drinking board game. When you're drinking, it's my big gripe with board games. When you're drinking, sometimes it can take a fun away from the drinking because the people get so invested in the board game. You know, a game like Monopoly, I hate it. You know, it's too long. It never, it never it just goes on. I like an end. I like to see the end of something. So, but it was a great night. We were like, honestly, the lols were just fucking flying left, right, and center. I, I love it, you know? Like, obviously, I'm on the podcast. You know, I like to chat. But I love just getting in there, telling some stories, telling some filthy stories, making some filthy jokes. Like, I just love it. Being in there through a few, I throw a few, like, heartfelt moments in there as well. So, yeah, it was great. It was a good night. Saturday. Becky had a little baby shower for one of her friends, or Michelle Johnson, Matt and Michelle. They're getting a little baby girl coming, which is which is really cool. So we're gonna have a little little girlfriend for Arabella. So that's history repeating itself with uh, Becky and Michelle. How fun! So I that means I was on dad duty all day. So we we mustered up. We got the uh, we got the hydrolytes in in the morning. Got the water in. Got ready. Jumped in the car. Went to Brizzy. It was sort of a weird day for Brisbane. Like there's fucking wild weather going on everywhere. Um, at the moment, um, poor New South Wales getting smashed. Shout out New South Wales. Hope you guys are going okay. And uh, obviously Queensland, as we know, what floods are about. So hope you're all safe and doing well. Got to say that. But yeah, the wild weather in Australia is going mental right now. I don't. You probably can't hear it if you listen really, really closely. That is the sound of rain smashing my tin roof right now. So it is. Uh, it is quite wet in Australia at the moment. But yeah, the weekend was a bit like that, sort of shitty weather. Then it came good. So it was a bit of a loose end looking after the Arabella on Saturday. I was going to catch up with my mum as well. She had the day off and it was like, oh God, what do we do? We, we had, I had some outdoor activities, but because the weather was so shitful, I was like, oh God, I've got to have the backup indoor activities. So anyway, we dropped Mumsy off to her friends. That was cool. We then went back to the grandparents. As soon as I walked into my pops, my pops unit, as soon as I walked in, honestly, it was just like friggin' clockwork. Hey, the last time I saw the old boy, he was off the tins. 
He's not drinking again. He was a bit crook when we were at Jugan. He, he, he had a beer the night before, and then he had one beer the second day there or something like that. No, I haven't seen him. I'm staying off it. Walk in the door. He's got the golds in hand. His, his nephew was there as well, my mum's cousin. He's giving him one, and he looked at me, and he was just like, fucking Christmas. He couldn't give me a beer fast enough. I thought I was like, I thought you were on the wagon. He was like, nah, I've succumbed. I relapsed. I'm off the wagon. I'm 88, and he was just like, it's worth it. So who am I to say no, right? So cracked two beers, cracked another two beers. He's going to give me a third beer. He just loves it. He's going to give me a third beer, and I said, pop. I said, look, I'd love to, but I was like, I'm looking after Arabella today. I've got to go and take her out, do some stuff with her. I've, I can't I can't just get railed here with you, you know? And he was just, he was stunned. He was just like, put a mark on the, put a mark on the wall, Faye. He's just like, could you believe that? That's the first I've ever heard him say that. So he was stunned. I stunned the old boy. And uh, yeah, that's just, I'm a very responsible father. So I only had two standard drinks and then, you know, went and had a fun day. We went to this thing. I had a name like Jungle Giants or Jungle Shit, something like that. It wasn't Jungle Shit, but it was Jungle something. It used to be lollipops and gingerly. I remember growing up, it used to be lollipops. And I'm sure back then it was like a badass place. And now, with, you know, I've mentioned cancel culture and these PC cultures and everything's just a little bit soft, you know, like every a little bit pussified. Uh, I will, I've got a thing I'm going to talk about the NRL next and that, that we'll talk about how everything's been watered down to a pussy-ish version. But... We went to this place, and it was like an indoor center for kids. They had a fun time, but everything's just wrapped. There's no danger about it. It doesn't look like you can hurt yourself at all. I remember just being a kid growing up. It was like everything you looked at, you're like, I could definitely hurt myself on that. So, But um, touch wood, she didn't, so it was good. But they're such germ-ridden factories, those places. I mean, now we're living in the COVID age. It's nice because there's sanitizer everywhere. But once upon a time, there wasn't sanitizer. You know, I mean, We're used to a world full of sanitizer now. But once upon a time, there was... You'd be hard up finding bottles of sanitizers in these germ factories like a like an indoor child's playground. There was must have been about, I'd say anywhere from like 50 to 70 kids just going absolutely mental, you know, like all the way up from, say, two, like Arabella's age, some bubbles in there as well, and then all the way up to like five, six, seven-year-old kids just going mental. And they were just, as you went further down this playground, the kids just got sweatier, louder, and quite ugly, mind you. There were some quite ugly kids getting around. I looked around, saw their parents. I thought, well, that's genetics. Makes sense. But it was fun for her. She liked it. It was cool. You know, there was a ball pit. Just throw your kid in a ball pit. That's fun. We did it to her once. She didn't like it too much. Now she's come around to being thrown into a ball pit. She loves it. She's cool. She's confident. But it's good. It brings a smile to me to know that she's, like, happy and smiling. You build confidence in the kid. So it's it was a fun day, you know. From there, we went across to Indro. Need to get my glasses tightened. That's a thing for you optically challenged individuals out there like myself. We need our glasses tightened from time to time. There's nothing more annoying than just, like, the glasses slipping down the bridge of your nose for about an inch, an inch. Fuck, so annoying. Tightened them up. Went and got some sushi. Little Macca's chips. Then we went and got some donuts, back to my grandparents' house, picked up Beck, back to my grandparents' house. Then after that, a little beer, bit of a chat, then home. That was our Saturday night. I watched the AFL, had the Lions play, so I'll do a bit of a quick little sport update after this. But the Lions played, didn't go too well, but the first game, so it's okay. We do that. That was it. I can't remember what I did. I know I had a bottle of champagne in the fridge. you damn sure I drank that. That was good. That was nice. I think I had one glass left over like the next day. Had two beers and like most of a bottle of champagne. So yeah, I'm definitely full back into like relapse mode. It's just, it's my thing at the moment. Anyway, then from Saturday, Sunday, Beck had three hours of work. Beck's got a new job up here on the coast, which is great. 
Our financial strain is touch wood is being lifted at the moment by having that uh, that fortnightly income on top of my monthly income. So that's um that's nice, and it's good that she's getting out. It means it means that I get to spend more time with Arabella. So I'll talk a little bit about uh, parenting after this, but there. Yeah, it's it's good. It's interesting. It's making me see different sides of Arabella. It's making me see different sides of myself, and we'll get to that soon. So that was Saturday. Sort of no, sorry, that was Sunday. Fuck me, dead. Yeah, Sunday fun day. But it wasn't really fun. I couldn't wear a Hawaiian shirt. It was wet weather. I just I couldn't get into it, you know. So I had a t-shirt on all day. Just a Metallica t-shirt. So I felt really good. It was rock and roll. It was good. But yeah, a little bit of Toy Story action with Arabella. Should just play with her all day. I wouldn't let her. Actually, no. I tell, I tell a lot. I, I really didn't want to watch Toy Story. We've been trying to get her off the phone and iPads and narrow, like really reduce TV time. I don't know if any other parents have their opinions on this. Look. TV, iPads, iPhones, it's the world we live in and it serves its purpose, but uh, we, we just thought it was getting a little bit too much, so now we don't give her TV or anything, any any sort of fucking, uh, you know, play electronic shit in the morning, no iPhones in the morning, fuck no, no iPhones, yeah, it's just one of these things, you can see in the kid's face, right, like, she'll be chirpy, she'll be this, she'll be that, she's happy, the phone, she might get, she just turns into this mute, she's watching the screen, she hardly wants to talk to you, she doesn't acknowledge you, and I find that when you take it off, and yeah, they crack it initially, but their moods change, so she's a way nicer kid, and a way more friendly, sort of caring kid, when she's, uh, when she's not with the phone, this phone especially, it's, it's, ugh, they're dog shit things, they serve their purpose, of course, social media, it serves its purpose, of course, and YouTube, and stuff like that, but, oh man, they're just deep dark holes, you know, and they change people's psyches, and that includes your fucking two-year-olds, anyway, Sunday night, I think I watched the footy game yesterday, got 60 minutes in, the Roosters were killing the Tigers, that's just kind of going to be a thing, but the Tigers play well, um, I think we're in for an interesting season of footy, I'm excited, um, but I meal prepped after that, bit of fried rice, I've got onto this new thing, I've been, I was always, like for lunch, I used to buy chicken breasts, in the, and they sort of, you know, you'd be spending anywhere from like 10 to 15 bucks on chicken breast a week, it's all good, it's chicken breast, it's nice and whatever, um, then I just chop it up, chuck it in with a, like a ghetto, I call it ghetto fried rice, basically just like some frozen peas and carrots and whatever with a bit of rice, soy, sesame, ginger, lemon, uh, not lemon, lime, sorry, there's the secret, take that recipe down, and um, yeah, but I've now switched to like the chicken legs, big old chicken legs, not because they were cheaper initially, I just wanted to switch it up, and what I'll do is I'll marinate them, honey, soy, and garlic, just heaps of garlic, I love the garlic, and yeah, that's it. I've been getting away with like six chicken legs for like five bucks. They're organic ones too. So um, for all you foodies out there, I don't know how organic it is or how to measure the, the organicness of it, but it says it on the fucking container. So I'm going to take the shop's word for it and just assume that it's organic. So it's pretty cheap. Marinate them. They're nice. I have two chicken legs a day pretty much. That gets me through three or four days. I do get some backup chicken breasts. Like I'm giving Frank chicken breast now. That's my dog. Shout out to my dog, Frank. He's been eating chicken breasts. He's been eating like a king, so... And I just made a big ass fried rice meal prep. I don't mac or anything like that. Um, you can probably tell by looking at my body, it's pretty soft in the midsection. So I don't really know what I'm doing with food. I just feel like that seems like a healthy option. Right now, yeah, we'll get to the gym in a sec. But anyway, I'll, I'll lay down my laws. I'm sure I've done this three or four times over the history of this podcast. But yeah, that was it. And then my, my only goal then was to basically consume all the beers in the house. I didn't crack that other bottle of champagne. That was a real that was a big move. My, my, uh, my heart was saying, open it. But my brain was saying, do not fucking open it. So... The brain won yesterday. Sorry, heart. I think it was probably a good decision because I had to look after Arabella early this morning because Beck was back at the gym. But yeah, look, 
Just pumped it. Ate a whole block of chocolate was in the house. Couldn't have that fucking lying around. Kick out gold. Anyone that's not trying to be a healthy freak at the moment, go and get a block of that stack because it's so delicious. But yeah, that was it. I think I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. I just, yeah, really fucking zen out. Two episodes of Workaholics. Fell asleep about 11.30. Went to bed five minutes after that on the couch. So I was in bed before midnight last night. And that was it. We're back on the health kick. So that was my weekend. So without further ado, let me just give you a very quick rundown of my health goals over the next eight weeks. As I said, Stu's doing the eight-week challenge. I almost was going to commit to it, but it was financial decisions, which I which I didn't. Beck and I have a lot of financial goals right now, and I've got to be honest, they're reigning supreme. I've turned into a bit of a stickler with money. We're still spending it, but we're, we're trying to save a lot of it for different reasons, and we've got goals. Some that we will, we can, I'll let you in on over the podcast, you know, but I've got big goals, big lofty fucking dreams and goals, so we need some money, you know what I mean? Um, look, we can lose weight. We can go to the gym and eat healthy. But anyway, I didn't sign up to it. But I said to Stu, I was like, look, I'm going to commit to four or five sessions a week. Pretty much no alcohol. The alcohol is the biggest Achilles heel thing for me. I love it. It's a it's a thing. But sometimes it doesn't love me back. And look, from my anxiety and my mental health, it's good to get off the, the train. So I'm looking at it as like a positive thing. I feel like my mindset has really shifted uh, over the last few months with my relationship with booze. So I, I needed to get off it for good, for, for good reasons. Some I've probably shared on the show here before, but things with Beck and myself and things that came out with the relationship counseling and stuff like that. So I make a real conscious effort with that now. And um, and I feel better for it, but just because I was in holiday mode, we had drank a little bit more and sort of just kept it going and your friends move up from Melbourne and you make excuses and you just keep drinking and drinking and drinking. So it's good to have a cutoff point and now it's like, no, I'm not. That's it. This is the first day I've had in a long time, which I haven't had a drink. And I feel good. It's fine. I've got some water here. I've got I've had things to do today. I've got so much to do. That's the thing about alcohol that this show was born out of sobriety. So I have things to do and I achieve things when I'm fucking sober, you know, and everybody does. It's just a thing. I don't want to be sober forever or sober all the time because I like having a few drinks. It's good. It's being social. I like to do that. But anyway, we'll, we'll stick for as long as I can and, and pro- probably unless there's an occasion or something, I've got like two or three just straight off the top of my head over the next eight weeks that I'll probably have a few drinks for. But it's not meaning that I'm going to have a beer with a podcast over the next eight weeks. Sorry, podcast listeners that like me having a beer. I'm gonna Over the next eight weeks, I'm just going to be having nothing but either water, kombucha, some other shit, maybe a non-alcoholic beer, maybe a non-alcoholic beer, but there's a bit of sugar and stuff in those, I believe. So, which brings me to my next point: no sugar, no like no chocolate. Beck and I got in a real fucking real bad habit with chocolate. Like, I don't know what it was. I think when I'm not drinking, I'm I'm looking around and I'm just I'm a fucking piglet, you know, and I'm looking for things that I can just feast on. Chocolate being one of those. Beck and I have pretty much since the last few weeks I can remember we've got at least one block of chocolate every night and finished it. Some nights Beck has a bit more than I do. Other nights I have a bit more. But in saying that, then I'll, I might have a couple of glasses of red wine or something like that as well and like you know a little small kit kat like quantity or something like that i love chips as well so i want to i basically beck and i we want to get rid of junk food altogether for at least eight weeks like any addiction if you can go like i think it's like 21 days three weeks roughly you basically can kick it you know what i mean it's only then you sort of want to get back on certain things you know and that's i'm not a i'm not a fucking addiction specialist that's just my my own personal feelings on the matter don't shoot me or criticize me out there but it it is a thing so no junk food so no chips which i love chips it's gonna be hard rip 
no chocolate i like chocolate but i can live without it it's a thing we just a uh, habitual thing and no alcohol Ugh, i'll miss alcohol i really will i always do but it's good to have a few days a week off it uh, and it'll be good to have a few weeks off it so um yeah don't call me i'll call you um because it's going to be a bit of a challenge but i feel like i've got so much shit i want to achieve right now just one with the podcast two with a few financial goals bigger goals you know and um just got working on my relationship with Arabella. It's a great relationship, but I just want to be a bit more aware and a bit more there, present with her and things like that. I don't care who you are, you know what I mean? You can have quite a few beers one night and the next morning you're a little bit off. You know, if you do that again that night, the next morning you're a little bit off. You might still be a great parent, but you could be a probably a better parent when you're like stone cold sober, you know? So we, we will... Yeah, we will see how that goes. I'll report back on my on my thing. But that's me for the next eight weeks. I'm just going to go as hard as I can at the gym. Speaking of the gym, we had a fucking killer leg session. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it already. It's been like two hours, maybe maybe like an hour and a half since I worked out. I'm feeling fucked, honestly. My legs are killing me. I'm going to have to jet off for a bag of protein after this and just inhale it because I need to get these muscles down. I'm going to be rubbing them with magnesium and glucosamine and stuff like that. I think that helps. I'm not sure. But yeah, that was me. That was, that's the gym challenge. So not to get too crazy, but just go hard, no junk food, try and sleep better, things like that. Tick off a few fucking goals. You know, when I'm not drinking, I'm being a lazy prick. I've got things that I'll tick off. So yeah, that is what it is. Now, let's talk sport real, real quick. So basically, on the show tonight, we've got a little bit of sport. Then I'm talking to a little thing that was revolved around NRL, but it's really to do with uh, kind of political correctness, really, you know, cultural sort of shit. Talk a little bit of UFC, Khabib was retired, got a thing about a movie, some random shit, some really random shit, but I felt them kind of funny. It was like a like a shower thought, an observation yesterday. And then at the end, I'll do a little album review. There you go. For anyone that's still listening, we'll do an album review of Rob Zombie's new album right at the end. Anyone that's not interested in music, they can turn it off at that point. But you still want to give me that five-star review. That's just... That would be a nice thing to do. So anyway, uh, the weekend, NRL's back, AFL is back. It was the first round of AFL, it was sick, and uh, there was some UFC on yesterday, I watched a couple of good fights yesterday, one that was sort of boring, kind of pissed me off to be honest, because I, I really liked the uh, the fighter, Kevin Holland. Uh, we'll start with the UFC, Kevin, no, actually, we will end on the UFC, because then I'll go and I need to talk about Khabib after that, because he's retired, oh, spoiler alert, but yeah, look. The Broncos played Friday night. They were playing the Titans. They've lost David Fafita to the Titans. This was one of those one of those ones we you know we wanted to go in there and show them what the fuck he's missing you know by not playing for the Broncos, mate. The big dog put two tries on us. It was horrible to see, and it's a shame. I hate it when a good player leaves the team that you follow. It sucks, and the Broncos just yeah. I don't like to kick a team while they're down, but they just played really really bad. Um, it was a shame because the, the first game, the first 40 minutes, they looked exceptional. So good. Then they got a bit shitty in the second half. I was okay. They're the best they'd played since like round one and two and three of 2020. So I was like, yeah, we've got good things here. Arguably the Titans are well, well lower than the you know the standard that the Eels bring. So it was kind of like, okay, we're on here. Nah, shit the bed. And the Titans just played so good. I can't remember the score in the end, but at one point it was like 22-4. Jared and I were looking at each other just like, what the fuck is going on here? You know what I mean? It's the first Broncos game we've ever won. They've just turned a shit for us. But it is what it is. There's still players to come back. 
Um, they're going to have to fix the R's. They need to bring Dearden back in, I think. Give him a give him a crack. But I don't think Croft is cutting it. I don't think Milf is cutting it. But look, it is game two. I can't shoot them so far. They've got a coach that's reworking it. There's obviously still some trouble behind the scenes. They've got Staggers out to round 14, which is fucking devastating. Haas should be back round four, I believe he's back, which is good. They've got Lodge coming back. They've got a few players on the sidelines still, and they're all coming back. I'd like to see the squad at full strength. The coaching really, really going hard, and then and see where we're at, sort of, you know, like fifth, sixth, seventh round, mid season. If shit isn't looking up, oh, could be a long ass short year for Kevin Walters. I reckon they'll give him the flick, but who knows? I don't know how management works, but we will see. That seems to be the consensus. So that was the Broncos game. Let's fast forward to Saturday night, the AFL game. Brisbane Lions playing Sydney Swans. Knew it was going to be a cracker game. I put the Lions to win. They didn't win, but it was a good game. They were just outclassed by the Swans. It was a really high-scoring game. The weather was crap in the end there, too. It was uh, interesting to see, but it was good to see both teams come firing out of the gates. There was glimpses of just, like, awesomeness. You know, the Swans did have, like... At one point, they put, I think they put six or seven goals in a row onto us. Then the fucking Lions came back, answered that, six or seven goals. Oh, no, it was not like that. It was, like, four or five goals. But it was just... It was good to see that both were playing hard. It's game one. Sometimes they're going to shake the cobwebs off. I know they do these hard pre-seasons, but it's not like playing an actual professional game against a team. You know, that's that's a, another team. They're not your teammates that you're training with. So, yeah, I still hold really high hopes for the Lions. I think they're going to be the Premiership winning team this year. You heard it here first on the King of the Couch. So, quote me on that. Put your sports bears in, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but it was good to see them back. They've recruited well in the off-season. I like some of the new players as well. I thought, I thought they did really well. So... Yeah, that that was it looked a bit gutted, but at the same time, it was it was you know it's first game. You know what I mean? The, how often does the first game winners win the fucking premiership? Maybe there's only one team that would do that. I don't even know the stats. I don't even know why I said that. I'm so sorry. But yeah, it was good to see that. And then on Sunday we had a bit of UFC. I didn't watch the whole card. Frankly, I was looking after Arabella. I didn't have time to look after to watch the whole card, and I just sort of cherry picked a few fights. I was interested to see the main one: Kevin Holland versus Derek Brunson. Um, Kevin Holland fought five times last year, and I think he won all five fights. So I had really high hopes for him to win this. And yeah, he just. It was a frustrating fight. Brunson, who's a wrestler, just used his wrestling, and he had a few good shots too. Kevin got a few good shots, mind you, back on Derek Brunson, but it was just like one of these, uh, I don't know, it was just annoying to watch. He just kept talking and jawing, and that was all well and good, but the whole fight he's talking. Khabib was in the audience. He's talking to Khabib. He's talking to Brunson. He's talking to everybody. He's talking to Dana White. Even after it, after he's lost, he's smiling, he's shaking hands. He's still talking, he's still talking. And you can just see Derek Brunson's face was just like, what the fuck is this guy smoking like? He's been talking for like the whole week and he's still talking. He's lost and he's still talking. So that was a bit disappointing. But, um, you know, the judges were funny. They were like praising him for the first two rounds of the chat. Then it was like, hang on, he's not winning. This is really bad that he's doing this fucking shit talking and all this sort of stuff. You know, and then it was almost like, oh my God, he's lost a fight. The hype train's over. The guy the guy fought five times last year and won five times. The hype train's not over. It's very much the lease. At number 10, Brunson's a warrior. He's right up there. This will put Brunson into the top five. You know, he's been a bit of a workhorse, so he deserves it as well. So, yeah, that was interesting. Good to see Taito Avasa back in the winner's circle. He smashed some dude named Hunsucker. Hunsucker. Mm, interesting name, but don't remember his first name. It just it was struck by Hunsucker. So, yeah, it only took him about 45 seconds to bust that dude up. 
and uh, that was about it. There was another one I watched, uh, Max Griffin. That was a good fight too. That was a KO, just brutal, unreal. Good to see. I love that. I like watching some of these events after the fact, like the the, the fight nights, not the pay-per-views. And you can sort of have a look at the timestamps. You don't know. I like to not know who's won, but if the timestamps, I love to see ones that are like five and six minutes. You're just like, yeah, this is someone's getting fucking busted up here. It's always fun because when you walk into it, you know exactly what to expect. So anyway, so that's the uh, that's the UFC. Now, Khabib Namagamadov, the lightweight champ, is official. He's officially retired. I was um I was a bit gutted, you know what I mean? I wasn't always a massive Khabib fan. I had never had anything against him. I was always a Connor fan, and when they fought, yeah, I wanted Connor to win, of course, but I still really respected Khabib. He's he's a killer, he's a warrior. You can't knock what the man's done. I mean, I know people go, he's a, he's a wrestler and it's boring to watch. I actually don't think he's that boring to watch, you know what I mean? Because he pummels dudes on the ground. It's a it's a is is fighting, okay, it's not like the most exciting thing when you compare it to certain other people. He's very humble. He's very quiet in the build-up. But Khabib is very funny in his own right. Like, very funny, I think. Because he's got that whole sort of English is my second language thing happening here. I don't think he realizes that he's saying funny things, you know. And he comes off very funny for it, I think. Um, but he's just a warrior. I've heard a lot of, like, he's, he's never been beaten, right? So he's 29 and 0. It would have been sick if he pushed out to the 30 and 0. There were so many fights that he could have made, but he's killed everybody that matters. And like, wait, there's a couple others. The really, the only fight to make with him, the real true fight to make with him was probably Charles Oliveira. We'll get to that next. We'll talk a little bit of UFC for five minutes. We'll get to that next, but it was just so fucking, you know, like, I was just a bit upset to see it. I was like, oh, I could have been pushing him out to the 30. I wanted to see him go again. But anyway, it is what it is. I kind of like these people that go out on there. You know, they, they know that they're the best, right? He's the best. Now, all the people that have been beaten by him, they're never going to have a chance to be to, to get in there again, you know. Notably, Conor McGregor. You know Conor McGregor wants to get in there with him next. How else, like, this is, it's, it's almost like a rock star move from Khabib if he's just looking at Conor. And I know this is not on his radar, but, like, when a guy wants to rematch you so bad and you just retire, and it's like, fuck you, man. The door, you had your shot and you, and you lost. And he lost. Dustin lost. Justin lost. Everybody's lost. Let's just run through some of the notable, notable wins here really quick. I noticed he's got, I think it's 11 or 12 fights in the UFC. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 fights in the UFC. Crazy. His first fight in the UFC was back in 2012. So he's been around for like quite some time. So last fight, October 24, 2020. So that's like shit, like eight or nine years. That's a, that's a, that's a good run. That's a long run. He wasn't wildly active if you look like it's kind of crazy twice in 2012 three times in 2014 once in 2014 twice in 2016 so he didn't even fight in 2015 one to 2018 2008 no fuck i've lost my for once in 2017 twice in 2018 once in 2019 and then once in 2020 so he wasn't like the most active fighter but he was the champ and things like that um i my stories kind of uh, with Khabib. Uh, I I was lucky enough to get a UFC two two three in New York City. That was the fight where was, one of the fights. I think it might have been the third or the fourth time that he was scheduled to fight Tony Ferguson. Maybe the third time. Then it fell apart. That sucked. Then Max Holloway stepped up to take the fight, which I was like, that's that's really cool because I like Max Holloway. This is going to be sick. Then Max Holloway legitimately got sick. And then Ally Aquinta stepped in to take the fight, which I didn't know too much about Aquinta at the time. I Aquinta at the time, but he was a bit of a G. He was a New York, um, New York fucking boy. So we were in New York. That's where the UFC was taking place. It was just a cool card. 
It was a good fight, you know. It was a five rounder. I thought Iaquinta. He doesn't get enough credit, Iaquinta, but he went five rounds with him. That's that's pretty badass, you know what I mean? Um, Connor, Dustin, and Justin couldn't do that. So, yeah, it uh, it was it was cool to see him. It was cool to see him in the flesh. He was one of the goats of, of, of the UFC. I don't care what anyone says about him. He definitely is one of the greatest of all times in the UFC. And he could have been going on. He just, no one was going to beat him. I truly believe that. I thought Tony might have been the only one that matched him. That that ship has sailed. And Tony took a couple of L's from other people that I believe that Khabib has beat or probably would beat. Um, Justin Gaethje being that one, you know. So, yeah, is what it is, you know. But, um interested to see what he does next i don't really i follow a little bit of what he does but he's very quiet he's a, he's a muslim and uh he lives a very quiet tish sort of lifestyle but i don't think he'll be the last as he could be i don't think he'll ever come out of retirement personally but connor's trying he's definitely trying to to, to coax him out you can see with his little twitter post and his instagram post and things like that but is what it is so which means now we've got a vacant lightweight title and that is very exciting i think it really just Look, sometimes when you get these fighters, I look at it two ways, you know. It's nice to see these guys going forever and just make, make these massive winning records. But at that point, you know, you go, no one's going to beat Khabib, right? So what happens here? Does Khabib move up? And that sort of changes the game a bit. He was never going to move up. I don't. I, I believe that. I would have liked to have seen him move up to 170, but it never would have happened, you know. So now he's gone, right? Freeze it up. People go, ah, you never beat Khabib, but it is what it is, you know. So you can't do that. So they made Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler the title fight. I like this fight. I like this fight because it's interesting, right? Because both these guys have never fought Khabib. The the other contenders, you know, Gaethje, Poirier, for example, they've lost to Khabib. So I feel like they've had their to- they had a small chance, right? Would be good to go against someone that's not fucking Khabib because he's you know there was the goat in the lightweight division. But anyway. We will, we will see what happens here. But uh, Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler just recently come across from Bellator. He fucking knocked out Dan Hooker in the first round. Uh, he, it just makes sense. You know, in a way, it makes sense because he's so new and he come off like he was the he was the title holder at one point in Bellator, which was probably like the second rate to the UFC, realistically. He come in with a devastating knockout. You know, I reckon if it was like a unanimous decision win, he probably wouldn't have got the fight. But he, he come in, he got it. Let's let's do the numbers. Connor's going to be out for a while. Dustin might be out for a little while. Gaethje. I thought they were going to make the Gaethje fight with Chandler. That just fell apart. It was like going to be announced and then it fell apart. Um, yeah, who knows? Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler. I don't know where, what they're going to do with the other you know guys just at this point. I think they're going to make a fucking Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier three, which I do want to see, but I hate it when they run it back instantly. I don't. I don't really see the need for it. There's no belt involved. It's just like a, ugh, it's just a money making cash thing. And I feel like because the status of Conor McGregor is he he can sort of command that. So I mean, more power to the guy. But that's sort of what's happening here. He's like, no, 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 Dana, I have to go again because I've got to win. Because when I win, then I can ask for someone else. And then I think you might see him fight Justin Gaethje. But I don't know. There's a few guys up there that could do it. You know, Tony could fight. Pfft, anyone you know what i mean there's rda there there's justin gaethje um i can't even think i'm spacing out at this point in the evening but anyway that's it that's it for the ufc we will uh we will leave that come back now for the ufc fans that have turned off all right now i want to talk about one thing i know i mentioned the nrl i'm not going to talk much more about the nrl but there was just this one thing and this is i talked about cancel culture last week and that sort of got me in a bit of a bit of a, an annoyed headspace and i was going to talk about this tonight because it was the same sort of thing this was almost like political correctness just things gone mad just basically a nation of pussies just trying to force their bullshit on us and i'm not talking the good type of pussy i'm talking that bad pussy 
So the Sharks won their, their round one game. Toby Rudolph, I'm not sure if he's a new player. I don't really follow the Sharks that closely. Ugh, shoot me. Um, he's He got a warning from the NRL for offensive and derogatory comments after their win over the Dragons. He had a post... Uh, match interview with Fox League on the Matty John show. I think it was Brian Fletcher and all the crew. And he was asked how he planned to celebrate the opening round victory. This is his response. This is this is just generally what he got what he got warned over. I could not fucking believe it. Probably about a thousand beers. Go to go to Northies local Cronulla bar. Try and pull something. Anything will do. Ha ha ha. They get a few laughs and he goes. No, honestly, it's all about recovery these days. I'll be going straight home, straight to the ice bath, and staying very very quiet. Probably about a thousand beers. I'll go to the pub. I'll try and pull something. Anything will do. I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was great. Offensive and derogatory. It's like, in what world, in what part of that sentence is it offensive or derogatory? Let's be honest. If anyone, man or woman, has gone to the pub when they're single to, to neck a thousand beers, that's probably in the back of their mind. When I was a single dude, that was all I thought about. Going pulling some chicks, you know what I mean? Not in a weird sort of rape culture way, like meeting someone. You can meet your fucking future wife there and have the, the daughter of your dreams. Who knows? It just It is what it is. You can pull something. And then he's gone, anything will do. That is probably the part that's offensive and derogatory to these fucking goons at the top. Is it because it he'll dig a fat chick, he'll do this, he'll do whatever. He might even might even take him a man. Who the fuck knows? Try and pull something, anything will do. I like the honesty because let's be frank, after you have had a thousand beers, anything will do. I've been there and and it and it's great. It's good. You 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 feel confident. Confidence is king after a thousand beers. But it was it was good. I liked that. It was good to see players talk like that. These people at the top, they're so worried about getting in trouble, you know, offensive and derogatory. It's like, fuck off, give me a break. One thing that I think the NRL and some of these sports do, and any sort of industry, but especially sport, they're doing themselves a disservice for new fans, right? Uh, it's nice seeing these players that play well, and then every time they get on the mic, it's like, yeah, full credit to the boys, and, you know, they dug deep, and this is what it was, and uh, at some point, yeah, they had it over us, but, uh, yeah, full credit to the boys, and, ah, uh, yeah, just a great just a great game. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fucking get back to training and, yeah, pull our bootstraps up and go again next week, and full credit to the boys. It's like, ah, uh, it's the same rehash bullshit over and over. I get it. It's okay, I don't hate the players for saying that. When someone comes on with a fucking personality and they start talking a bit of fun shit, that's nice. I know exactly the type of bloke this is. He's got a top note. He looks like a fucking Viking, for Christ's sake. Thousand beers, anything will do. Love it. They're doing themselves a disservice because they're going to pick up new fans by this. Uh, there's been... UFC is a good example of this. Conor McGregor is a great example of this. There's other fighters too that are a great example of this. They be themselves, right? And that might be arrogant, egotistical, funny, confident, whatever it is. But they're, but they're themselves and they talk the way they need to and they build up their persona. I know basketball is full of this as well. American sports are full of this as well. They, they let players be players, aka be themselves. And it's just good to see. They can go on, they can talk. If you get offended, you get offended. If you're just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Ricky Gervais said that, and that's so true. So pull your head in NRL and let players be themselves. It's funny, it's great for the sport, and it will bring new fucking eyes into the sport. You know what I mean? It's uh, good for bringing in the crowds. You know, some of those stadiums looking a little bit bare. We need more bums on seats. Bums on seats equal money. So let the players be themselves. They will build the audience again and. It's a great game. Let's just do it. Let people be themselves. Don't box people in. It's a, that's a horrible thing to do to people. It's disgusting, factly. In fact, in factly, can't even speak at this point of the evening. What have we got here on my list? So that was that. 
got a lot of random shit here to talk about, and then we'll do the album review. The album review won't take us too long. I'm going to do a little five-minute album review at the absolute most. It won't even take me five minutes. Uh, I watched a movie last week. I've probably talked about this movie before. A Time to Kill. Anyone that seen, hasn't seen it, it's a great movie, but there's a hard scene in it. So basically, it's about the uh, the rape of a, a black girl by some rednecks, and then Sam L. Jackson's character shoots up the rednecks, and that sort of sets the scene for the movie. Sorry if that was a small spoiler and you haven't seen it, but... It's a fucking great movie. It's a banger. Matthew McConaughey, Samuel Jackson, Sandra Bullock. Pfft, so many people. Kiefer Sutherland plays a little fucking redneck Nazi Ku Klux Klan dude. It's it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I've seen it several times. Several times. Heaps of times. I really like it. You know, I hate the scene at the start. I've always hated the scene at the start. But you kind of got to get there to get that 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 aggression and that the, the drama in for you while you're watching it. This is the first time I've watched that movie since having Arabella. And man. It hit me oh, on a whole different level the other night. I just couldn't. I couldn't even do it. It honestly got so bad in my in my stomach and in my brain at that point when I was watching it that I almost skipped forward. I was like, "Fuck, how does this go for this? This I feel like this is lasting way longer than it than it needs to, you know." And it was just, oh, it was disgusting. But things hit you differently when you're a parent. I, I've said that numerous times. It's just, it's crazy. So I just, I don't know why. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there, and I just wanted to not feel alone with that because. It just means you love you love your kids, and um, and we're better off for it. So yeah, now I had one random thought that came to me last week, and this will be my last random thought before I get onto the Rob Zombie album review. The um, the thought was I was I was legitimately cooking some chicken, as I mentioned the chicken legs earlier in the in the podcast. I was cooking the chicken. And, you know, like the first time you're cooking chicken, you just you just jump on and Google it. It's like, how long is it okay to cook chicken legs? It's like 45 minutes at 180 degrees. Cool. Bang. You never forget information like that. But you're still a bit nervous about it. I'm one of those guys that sort of slightly likes to overcook chicken just because I don't want to get sick. If you've had food poisoning before, you know it's the pits and I don't want to get sick. So I'll slightly overcook certain things like that. I don't really order a lot of chicken out. It's just not really my style. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, it just gives you. It just gave me massive perspective. One, I'm going. Wow, well, I'm lucky to live in a world where, like, if I've got no one in the house that I can ask, I can literally just jump onto Google, type in any sentence, and pretty much get the answer. You know, and it's right. Then it got me thinking too. This is this is deep perspective. I thought, how lucky are we that we live in a day and age where we weren't the poor fucks that had to try eating the raw chicken at one point in time in history to realize that raw chicken is going to make you fucking hurl for days. I thought, wow, we, we are lucky. That if, if anything, if you can't be grateful just for that fact, then I don't know what planet you're living on because no one wants to get sick. And I'm thinking, how many people must have undercooked Chook? The fir- like the the first people getting around in time. They're killing animals left, right, and center just to eat them. Bang, they've killed the chicken. They probably even ate the feathers to begin with. Let's be real. They didn't even realize they're gonna defeather the chickens, you know. They would have been so sick. It's just like Wow, I've got to give thanks to the forefathers of this like beautiful nation and world that like you guys actually did hard yards. Our generation, we got no hard yards like that. You know what I mean? Yes, houses are really expensive, but fucking count your blessings because we know how sick undercooked chook can make you. So that thought, just while I was thinking that the other night, I thought I sat back. I thought, you know what? We're really lucky as a as a as a nation. You know, like we have a lot of opportunity here. You know, to better ourselves. We've got the internet that can help us make money. We can do different things. We can work from home. We're just so blessed and stuff like that. And deep down, I was like, I'm so glad I wasn't the person that had to eat undercooked chook or raw chicken and realize this was a terrible idea. I'm better now. This is four days on. What am I gonna do? 
Do I throw the chicken on some fire? I don't even know how people come up with that. It's like, what's the next step? What do we do with this pink chicken? Do we, we just, what do we do on the fire? That was it. You know, this is probably going back hundreds and hundreds of years. But yeah, just gave me a huge perspective. And I wanted to uh, I wanted to share that with you all because I think it's it's a thing to think about. Perspective, gratitude. Give it up for the forefathers that were out there on the front lines eating undercooked chook for us. That's a beautiful thing. Now, without further ado, Rob Zombie album review, then we'll close out the the show, episode 85. Um, we'll do a quick one here. I've got a bit of a thing once I start my YouTube channel. I'm going to do a little, little plug here. I want to do a little sort of a couple of minute album review. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pump through this really quickly. I've pretty much only listened to this album once. I think sometimes it's good to listen to an album once, do a review then revisit it, revisit it, revisit it. For the sake of this review and the sake of the show, I uh, I only was able to listen to it once. There's select tracks that I've listened to a few times, added one of them, uh, which I'll mention later in the thing. Uh, it's called Shake Your Ass, Smoke Your Grass. Put that on my King's 10 playlist. Go and check the King's 10 playlist out. If you're a music fan, go and look at that on Spotify. I do that as well. I love music. But this was cool. I was excited. Um, I liked a couple of the singles re- instantly. The last one was a bit sort of dark and that's not a bad thing it was just a bit i thought it was a bit slow of the three singles that i heard i thought it was a bit slow so it wasn't my favorite one but then bang the album's out and it was sick so the album is called the lunar injection kool-aid eclipse conspiracy for anyone that doesn't know something about rob zombie is i will let you know that he loves a long album title and he likes a long song title for that reason i feel like as he goes on the albums and the song titles get longer and longer um but of course, this this is you know this is the album that follows up the Electric Warlock and Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. So this look, frankly, is not as as a tongue twister as the last album. So look, that's just to give you some perspective to my long album statement. Now, anyway, we'll go through. I think this is his seventh solo album. Um, he's got John Five in the band, so that's fucking awesome. Any guitar lovers out there will know that he's a shred lord and he's just he's sick on the guitar he's so good at guitar i love it um look i will preface this saying i'm a, I'm a rob zombie fan i like it I'm a, i find that i'm always biased to things that i like i'm not really one of those music fans that like loves certain bands albums and then just all of a sudden i hate that album yeah there are certain bands that that maybe come to mind the only one band that's coming to mind right now is probably silver chair for me frog stomp absolute banger classic album then there was like freak show next good album then it just tapers off tapers off until they just it got shit awful in fact and yeah that was probably the only band i can think of but i like rob zombie his albums are all different and similar at the same time and i think they're fun you kind of know what you're going to get with rob zombie you know it's going to be all sort of like 70s horror style gothic sort of b-movie influences 80s sort of sounding in some parts with this horror sort of gory vocals if you will he's just yeah you know just one of these guys he's a He's just a hardcore unit, and you kind of know exactly what you're going to get from him. So a couple of fun facts about Rob Zombie before we dive into this album review. He's a vegan, he's a movie director, and him and his wife also uh, adopt goats at this moment in time. I read that in a recent uh, interview with him, so I thought that was really interesting, and I'd like to share that with you all. Now, let's go through this. Uh, Okay, I liked it. Um, I, I will say that. I liked it. I'll give you a bit of review at the end. Now, bang, instant thing that got me. There's 17 tracks on here. Um, 
that's okay because a lot of these are like heart interludes and then into the tracks. I my perfect album length is always about ten tracks. I feel like that's that's the perfect length. If this was seventeen actual songs, that 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 to me is far too long. You know, it's like okay, I like that you've fucking put your heart and soul into this, but it's just too much. So let's go through it. Number one, expanding the head of Zed interlude, cool, whatever gets in the album. Let's go on. Number two. The Triumph of King Freak, a crypt of preservation and superstition. This is going to be really hard to get through these album titles. Uh, I liked it. This was the first single I heard off the album. Kind of a really dark tone. I just loved it straight up. I, uh, I got nothing more to say about it. I liked it. Number three, The Ballad of Sleazy Rider. I like this one. I thought it was a cool album track. It just It's cool. Sometimes you get these singles that come off the albums, and then you've got to dig deep into the albums to get the album tracks. That's where the real bangers are. The Ballad of Sleazy Ride, I'd say, is one of those. I loved it. This was the first song you hear with John Fives just really carving it up. Really cool. Liked it. Hovering Over the Dull Earth. Another interlude. Whatever. I probably won't speak too much on the interludes, but I will just run through them. Shadow of the Cemetery Man. John Five ripping it apart again. About a three minute, 15 second song. Unreal. I, had a, I thought it was very Van Halen-esque guitar work and that's never a fucking bad thing. Another interlude. Actually, it's pretty much when you look at it, it's almost like interlude song, interlude song and then there's a few that go back to back song. Uh, a brief static hum and then the radio blared. Cool, whatever. Then we go into 18th century cannibals, excitable Morlocks and a one-way ticket on the ghost train. Man, it had fucking elements of country in it. It was country as fuck. It was elements of metal. It was catchy as fuck. It was good song. The song title is so fucking long. You're not going to say that 10 times fast anytime soon. But it was a good song. That This was probably one of my favorite ones that I heard off the album. Go and check that one out especially. I really like that. Then we had The Internal Struggles of the Howling Man. Another great song. I loved it. It was a fun song and it had a real good groove to it. The guitar work is excellent. There's this like gang chorus sort of slow section towards the end and it sort of has this power to the people sort of shouting going on and there's a bit of a funky sort of breakdown and then it sort of builds up to the bridge. It it was overall a great song. There was a few elements of this song and I really liked it. Um, then it went into another interlude, The Much Talked of Metamorphosis. Uh, this was, I actually didn't mind this interlude. As far as interludes go, I'm not, I'll skip most of them but this was, it, had a, it was cool. It had a really nice guitar part. It was really nice sounding. It was almost like it split the album at this point. Um, you know some bands will do like a hard album then an acoustic album they'll do like a double album Foo Fighters did that once that comes to mind but yeah it didn't really change the album it just was a nice bit to break up the album personally then you had the Satanic Rites of Blackula very cool name for a song I love all the names that fucking Rob Zombie comes up with. It's just like he just gets all the fun words he can think of and he just puts them together and makes really fun sentences. Um, this is a great intro and drum sound. It was very, very catchy. I can't fault the guitars on this album. It, it had a bit of a funk element to it. And uh, yeah, it was just, it, this was a song that I felt like it was really hard to like not sort of move your head, bop your head, move your ass, if that makes sense. Another interlude, Shower of Stones. Then number 12, Shake Your Ass, Smoke Your Grass. This is the one I chucked on my Kings 10 playlist. I I loved it. This one, this fun was song. It was a bit of a slower song on the album. It was still rocky as hell, but a bit slower, not as metal. And the lyrics were fun. It was just like, shake your ass, your ass, smoke your grass, your grass. And I was just like, just start the line. There's some line, I can't even think of it, but it, it, he mentions the word Jesus freaks in it. Throughout the albums, throughout the song, the album, sorry, there's some really good lyrics you could just, you get. It's great. Boom, boom, boom's the next track. Three minutes twenty, a lot slower. Almost fifty style guitar work in the in the first 
few seconds and it sort of it reminds me a bit a bit gothic this song a little bit of a typo negative vibe still a great song then it was what you're going to do with that gun mama fun little intude then it was a song called get loose great chunking riff in this song i I love the riff in this song the outro riff changed and it was sick very 80 sounding song i thought then you had another little interlude serenity of witches and then the last track which is probably the most metal sounding song on this it was definitely the most heaviest sort of song on the album it was it was it, when that was the last single I heard, and I didn't rate it that much, but hearing the album on a whole, I, I really liked it that it closed out the album. I thought that was that was a nice way, you know. There was parts of fun in it, and this was a big, heavy, sort of doomy, heavy, riffy one to go out on. I liked it. Crow Killer Blues was the name of that one. So, um, for me, I'm gonna give Rob Zombie. I'm gonna give him. Man, honestly, it was like a nine out of ten. I thought it was good. Um, I really liked it. I might sound biased, but I I, I know Rob Zombie enough to enjoy him i love all his movies i love his music but i don't know rob zombie that enough to fucking know each album back to front and go yeah this is why this one is way better than that one this seemed to split the audience a bit i've seen some really great reviews of this album i've seen some really bad reviews of this album but um i really liked it i had i thought it was a really really fucking good album it's gonna be fun if like, i can see rob zombie on a tour if he comes to australia i definitely see him i've seen him once and he was sick so i'd love to see him again and all these songs would be good in a live concert format. Um, it was great. Look, maybe you could have done with a little bit, you know, a little bit less of the interludes, but it's just a thing that that he does. It's cool. It reminds me of his movies. It it sort of ties it together. So I I didn't even think it was that bad. But um, yeah, go and check it out. Rob Zombie, The Lunar Injection, Kool Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. Nine out of ten. Loved it. Anyway, that's me. That's the king of the couch. We are done and dusted for another week. So. As I said at the start of the podcast, please subscribe, please like it somewhere, please five-star it somewhere, and if you can dig deep, please pay it forward, share it on your Instagram, your Facebook, whatever, tell your mum, your father, your son, your brother, your neighbour, your best friend, your lover, your mistress, fucking tell them about the show, please pass it on, it's a great show, I'm biased, but it's a fucking good one, so pay it forward, there's things in here that they might learn, they might laugh at, fucking hell, Rob Zombie could get a new new listener after listening to this show. Anyway... I've been in a chirpy little mood, but it's time to sign off, and you will hear me again Friday morning. Fuck yeah, Fridays. I'm excited. King of the Couch signing off. That was episode 85. Get it down your lovely ear holes. Uh, You've been great. Have a great week. I love you all. (laughs) 